welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is conservationist and best-selling author Mark Owens. He's the author of Cry of the Kalahari, The Eye of the Elephant, and Secrets of the Savannah. Welcome. Thanks, Tom. Mark and I, I'm, I'm going to just do a super brief introduction to Mark. He's a person who wrote the forward to my book, Back in Control. He spent, how many years in Africa did you spend, Mark? 23 years in Africa? 23. Yeah, mm-hmm. and under severe stress, trying to save elephants and lions, you know, with poachers, corrupt government officials, government officials, people spreading lies about him, just a real mess. Um, came back to the states and won Idaho. He was on a ranch working on grizzlies and wolves, which did not make him very popular. The ranchers, and he was thrown off his horse, broke his back, um, had a, had an additional surgery to try, to try to help his chronic pain, but he developed severe chronic pain for nine years. So if you look at my book in the, in the prior podcast, you'll see his story. He did write a book called The Cry of the Kalahari, The Eye of the Elephant, and The Secret to the Savannah Chronicle. And what he just told me in the last podcast, that I didn't really comprehend that he's flying a small plane at night and having people firing AK-47s at his plane. So Mark, he didn't tell me that part of the story before. So anyway, he defines stress. So We've taken his story to the point where he had worked with the Dr. Journey tools, knew how to process stress. And I just wanted to bring people into real life here is that life's stresses continues. He's had multiple trips back into what I call the abyss. He's able to pull himself back out. But I want to focus on the last couple of years where Mark had some interesting, very significant traumas that... I talked to him through it. We worked through it a bit, but we were both very anxious about where this was all going to go. So Mark, you said about um, eight months before your second fall that you had taken, a, you you were trying to bail some hay in the hook slip and you fell about 10 feet. Uh, yes, I was feeding my horses and uh, I climbed on the up the haystack and uh, these were 80 pound bales and I reached up above my head with a hook, the bale hook, to pull a bale out of the stack. And as I lunged backward, the hook came out of the bale and I spun myself off the haystack and ended up falling straight down for at least six feet. And I think probably more than that. And I landed directly on top of my head. And at that point, my entire, I heard crunches and cracks and and the pain was blinding and uh, all, and my spine went numb all the way to my toes, from my clavicle to my toes. And um, uh, I lay there for 15 minutes or so trying to come to grips with the pain. And um, well, the long and short of it was I, I broke my back in two places um, and a bunch of ribs and I had uh, some hemorrhaging going on inside as well. And um, so, yeah, so I ha- I was healing from that. Uh, there's a lot more to the story, but I was, I had to go to the ER at a local community hospital, a little tiny hospital, and they x-rayed me and said I had nothing wrong with me and I should go home. <laughs> I'm sorry, after, after that bail, fall from the bales of hay? 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, yep. They didn't find any fracture or anything. They just said, you got to go home. And I said, I'm not going home. Wow. <laughs> said, well, what, what do you mean you're not going home? And I said, I can't go home. I can't get in the car. Wow. I said, if I go home, I oh yeah well there's nothing wrong with you you can go go you know <laughs> so i refused and anyway then i had a another uh some more imaging done a day or two later and by another doctor in another hospital and they found that i had fractured my pelvis all the way through and in and my hip all the way through the socket on my left side so, well, so Mark, and i had been well, a couple of things. That was the second fall, but on that first fall when you're bailing the hay, but I want to make one point with that one is that it's sort of a joke. Ever since I've been in medicine for 40 years, it's not a joke. It's just the observation is that there aren't really any true accidents. In other words, somebody's distracted, they're in a rush, they're under stress. So accidents don't just happen. There's some reason you're distracted and not paying attention that they happen. And of course, they're never planned. But we've, our observation just in the trenches has been for decades that when people are under stress, they tend to have more accidents. So on that time, if you fell, you know, six or 10 feet and broke your ribs and were beyond the hay, you were under a bit of, not going into the details, but stress was an issue at that point also, correct? I suppose so. I can't really say that the stress caused that accident. I don't remember feeling particularly stressed when I was working on on the haystack there, but um, maybe, I, I, I can't say. So then we go, this fast forward eight months, and then that's when we got reinvolved with the story we're gonna talk about today, is that um, you, you were in the tailgate of a truck and you took another fall and you broke your pelvis right through the hip joint on your left side, is that correct? Correct, yeah. And so yes. you called uh, me. Yeah. Um, the, the all broke my back again and the second one broke my hip and my pelvis yes right so what happened is that mark called me and i was more than a little frustrated because they weren't doing the correct diagnostic imaging they weren't doing the correct treatment make a long story short i got him to seattle with an excellent trauma surgeon and they did a very simple operation put a very long screw or two screws put in to stabilize a fracture so we would not have to be on crutches we would heal was it four screws mark Yes. Okay. Anyway, that went well. But what happened after that, which makes this story interesting, because you were going through some significant relationship stresses, but also he developed a lot of pain right. from a fracture that was out of proportion to the type of fracture it was. His left leg swelled up a lot. And then the pain he had before he met me that had kept him in chronic pain for so many years came back. So what I'd like to just discuss is that everybody in chronic pain, first of all, the pain always comes back when you're stressed. I mean, the same pain you had beforehand. You're going, what's that? The second thing is that when you have prior chronic pain, your brain's already sensitized. And so when you get a new injury, that new pain is worse. It's a, it's a bigger problem. So you had the situation, you got to Seattle, had the surgery, and got back home, and then things didn't go very well, right? Right. Yeah. So, so it, what, uh, what happened? What happened then? Well, um, well, my partner at the time left me. That was the other, first thing, and then that didn't help matters any. And uh, but um, I started 
I started a long road to recovery. And of course, the medical community said if you're going that a hip fracture and a pelvic fracture are two of the worst breaks you can have. And so uh, I found that probably was true, but I was making really remarkable progress at first. But then what happened was as I moved around on my crutches, that started to could give me pain in my back. And that worried me because my back wasn't supposed to be an issue anymore. <laughs> so right. uh, I just felt like it, that crap was coming from me from a lot of different directions. And I got depressed and uh, my leg was swelling and, and I couldn't get anybody to take that seriously at first. And no one seemed to know why it was swelling and on and on. But uh, yeah, it just seemed like the whole world was closing out on me again. After having resolved my pain from my my horse accident in 2006, I found myself slipping back over the abyss into the abyss again of chronic pain, and that really worried me. And so, um, I I knew I had to come to grips with that, or life was over, basically. So, right. Well, that's when we were when yeah, we were. You and I were talking back and forth quite a you and I were talking back and forth quite a bit then. And so we knew we had the hip fracture pain, which actually turned out to be your less pain at the end of the day. Then your left leg swelled right. up, and we were worried about blood clots and all sorts of things that we ruled out. But what I find fascinating, again, going back to the chronic pain model, is that all chronic disease, whether it's mental or physical, it doesn't matter, it has the same common inflammatory process. And so blood vessels actually, so legs swell based on the body's physiology and inflammation because your leg swelled up, what, about a third larger than it normally would? Yes, yes, I would say yeah, at least that, yeah. It was and, so swollen, I could get my left shoe on or my jeans on the left side of my body so, uh, or, or basically pants on my left side. And there's, quote, nothing wrong, except my point is there is something wrong. Your body's physiology is off. Your body's inflamed. It changes blood pressure. It changes the dilation of your blood vessels. And so there is something wrong, but it's physiological. So, Mark, you're, and so I was worried about it. I mean, they, we did blood tests, and we made sure there's no blood clots and stuff like that. And so your leg now is pretty much back to normal, right? Yes, it is. My my left side is fully functional now, and I'm I'm doing really well. I'm just now uh, I'm building back my strength and my stamina. That's the stage I'm in now. Right. So again, just emphasize to the audience that his left leg was swollen. It wasn't subtle. And again, as all these situations started to calm down, why his left leg swelling went away. What made me really nervous, made him nervous. Let's tell you a quick story with my experience. I had spine surgery back in 1985. The only thing that hurt was my left big toe, and it was miserable. I couldn't sleep for six weeks. I finally had the surgery. I ended up with a post-operative infection, and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. The only part of my body that hurt was my big toe, but it was miserable. So I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, it took, took me a while to heal, but even 20 years later, even yesterday, if I get the slightest twinge in the big toes, like a, it's a PTSD. I go right back to where I was. I actually feel the pain. My whole body reacts. But it was such a terrible experience. I go, bam, right back into that spot. So again, under the hip fracture, the swan leg, lots of relationship issues, and, and the stress you were under, the back pain you had before you met me came back. 
right? Yes. Yeah. It and, started to at least, yes. Right. And we actually, you had had a CAT scan of your pelvis and we knew it wasn't a tumor. And again, I will also say as a physician that even though we do a lot of work calming down the nervous system and getting things better, I always make sure there's no cancer, tumor, or infections every time. I mean, I'm just very compulsive about that because the symptoms of a cancer, tumor, or infection are the same as anything else. They're just nonspecific symptoms. So we knew that he didn't have that and was fascinating to me, but this has happened hundreds and hundreds of times is that invariably people come in and they're excited because their pain's gone. They're pain-free, they're doing fantastic. And I don't know how to word this exactly. I said, but look, it's going to come back. Just 100% chance it's going to return. Just count on it. So when it happens, you don't panic. And then I remember talking to you with the same conversation, Mark. You get the same back pain you had before. We don't see anything new wrong. But it's still hard to believe that it's going to disappear again. And well, definitely. Are... I, yes. yes, I definitely worried that I wasn't going to be able to get get it, you know, get the relief back again that I had enjoyed for several years after you and I met and uh, you helped get me out of that chronic pain from the horse, the fall off my horse. So, yeah, I was definitely worried. I wasn't going to be able to get control of it. And but I knew not... if I was going to get control of it, I had to use the doc tools that had got me out of it several years earlier uh, when my back was uh, giving me such issues, yes. So the point I want to illustrate is that the symptoms always come back and what the doctor any tools do, they give you tools to come back out of the hole. You're always, you're always going to go back in. It's like, this isn't about, see, anytime your stress is overwhelming your coping capacity, either your coping skills are down or the stresses are too high, your symptoms are going to come back. So it's just giving you tools to navigate life's adversity more efficiently. So Mark, when you're in the midst of this process, and I didn't know exactly what to tell you. I mean, I do my usual nagging, as you well know. And we talked about the fact that when you're <laughs> afraid, it's one thing. We also angry and fire things up. And so I'm just curious on this last episode, particularly, what were some of the specific things that you did to um, pull yourself back out of it? Well, the first thing I did is I doubled my the, my expressive writing sessions. I had been just uh, writing in the morning for 15 minutes. And sometimes when I felt fine, I didn't write at all. Uh, only when I started to feel myself developing pain would I uh, enlist writing again. But uh, in this case, I decided I had to really get with it. And so I doubled my writing, my expressive writing sessions. Uh, I also um, meditated more and I found some online meditation sites that I found helpful both to meditate, but also to help me sleep. I started seeing a therapist uh, to help me deal with the stress and to understand why I was feeling stress. Um, uh, I also, uh, I live alone and in a fairly remote area. So I started forcing myself to get out more and contact old friends and renew them and um, just generally try to break the solitude more frequently so that I wasn't alone so much. Um, I joined a health, I, I started joining health, a health club on my, whenever I'd come out of the country and go into town, I, I started working out at a health club. Okay. Um, I listened, I listened to more of your doc podcasts, frankly. 
And finally, I um, I set goals and and uh, with a better work plan weekly, so that I wasn't so stressed about being disorganized and and wondering where I was going to go with my next, where I should put my next emphasis, etc. And finally, I started traveling more and getting away from the worries of the projects that I work on. I'm uh, restoring wetlands now, and and uh, that can politically that can be very difficult so uh and by the way after i got back to idaho and started uh um doing conservation work where i live around where i live which is fairly very conservative politically i started getting death threats in the mailbox and my mail opened and things like that so those were stressors what, wait, when but i was that, able to was, deal with all this. was that recently what's that was that recently no that, that no, no, that was some years ago. Um, but there's a lot of political resistance to what I try to do because, uh, first of all, nobody, uh, everybody out here thinks in the West thinks that wolves are a bad thing, and right. and actually wolves are they're a keystone species. So uh, I was working to recover wolf populations and grizzly bear populations as well as wetlands. And it was all the, the the ranchers found that I thought that I was working against them, and the hunters thought I was protecting all you know, trying to deny them access to their elk and their deer. And um, so, yeah, there were a lot of politics involved in that. And so, uh, but I did all of that to try to recover, and it's worked. Uh, when I first started expressive writing uh, increasing my expressive writing for the first time or two i thought well it doesn't seem to be working very well but then about the third time uh the third session i could literally feel myself coming out of the doldrum so to speak and i've been i've i've felt that before many times in the past but i was afraid i would never feel that again but it did it started happening i had to spend a little more time and be a little more diligent but I've always said, if you're, if you believe that it's going to work and you're consistent and you, you know, you're, you're diligent about the elements of the doc program, they will work. But you have to, you have to believe they're going to work or they won't. And it isn't placebo therapy. It's just, like you, as you said, David, it's, it's reducing inflammation by reducing anxiety and, and anger. So. Right. So a couple of things, just to define terms here for a second. So there's a friend of mine, Bruce Lipton, who wrote a book called The Biology of Belief. And there's a bunch of research showing that belief systems actually affect your immune system. So we know that four, the four major factors are social connection. And you go back with friends. We know a sense of control actually drops inflammation. Of course, you had some of that. Um, a positive attitude, just moving forward no matter what is a big deal. And... Um, and so those are things actually lower inflammatory markers directly. So everything you're doing, exercise has been shown to lower inflammatory markers. So again, chronic pain is an inflammatory process, it's a neurological process. And again, your brain itself called the glial cells, they're the connective tissue cells of the brain, not the neurons, the glial cells, throw off inflammatory cytokines or inflammatory proteins that actually inflame the brain. And so, and then Mark, you mentioned the word so anyway, as far as placebo effect, what, the, what you're doing, by the way, placebo has the wrong definition. 
So medicine for training, will somebody that responds to placebo, then the process not, must not be real. It's actually the opposite. So what you're doing with placebo is just connecting your own body's healing capacity. Your body has much better capacity to heal itself than physicians do, way better, not even close call. In fact, there's some discussion whether every medication we use is a function of placebo. So placebo is basically the strongest medication that exists. It's your body's own healing capacity. And what you're doing is you're connecting your own healing capacity is the most powerful healing you can ever have. And for instance, you hear these miraculous cancer cures. It's not psychological. It's, quote, placebo. In other words, your body's immune system is inspired or um, activated to just rise up and just knock the cancer out. Bam. So it's a physiological process. Then under chronic stress, by the way, is a risk factor for developing cancer because it's inflammatory. The expressive writing, anti-inflammatory. So again, the whole process is about regulating your body's physiology from stress or what we call fight or flight physiology to safety or rest and digest physiology. And so you're really working on learning to adjust your body's physiology so you feel safe more often than you feel in threat. So again, the reason I Mark come on the show, everybody, most people have heard his story. It's a miraculous story. It's also on a new app called the DOC Journey app. Mark's story is on there on a video. It's also on the Doc Journey, another video of him. But his story is an incredibly compelling story. But life keeps coming at us. And what the message I'd like to leave today is that if you have the tools to negotiate the adversity, you've heard the saying often repeated that it doesn't matter how many times you fall, it's how many times you pick yourself up. And Mark's getting pretty good at it. Right, Mark? <laughs> I bounce. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like that. I mean, unfortunately, you've had more than enough practice falling because I mean, your life is you live a very active. Well, it's sort of ironic because we also know the people that are sort of the most well motivated people that are well intentioned actually suffer with all these things more than people that don't care. Because when you have a conscience, you react to things, you get upset about things that a lot of people just don't care about. And so that activates your physiology and that's a problem. So, right. right? And so final quick thing here, I know you and I talked about pretty bluntly about the anger issues, et cetera. And could you see the link between your frustration levels and symptoms? Very definitely, yes. Mm -hmm. and, yes, every time I have, uh, yeah. Uh, a disappointment, whether it's a relational one or a political one or a financial one or whatever, if it's severe enough, I start having symptoms again and I have to employ the the doc uh, tools of the doc program to bring me bring me out of it. And uh, this is, I, I think what happens to people like me is over time you learn to have confidence that you will be able to overcome this as long as you use the tools that you have given us, David. And again, you have to believe, but you also have to be diligent in practicing these things. You can't just pretend that a one, a one, you know, one treatment is going to finish fix you. It won't. Right. And you will relapse, just will. And so, uh, but you have to believe that you can overcome it. If you don't believe it, you're you're probably going to be in uh, the same place you were when you started flirting with the idea of, of trying to fix yourself. So, 
Well, you also become more expert as you practice the tools. They do become more automatic. At least I find out I don't go into the hole as often. I come out more quickly. Um, I never like yes. going into the hole. That's always that's always painful. Um, I also recognize right. into the hole to some degree every day, a little bit, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little bit. But when you're triggered, you're triggered. And as Bruce Lipton points out, you can't control those triggers, but you can control the response. So um, anyway, Mark, I really appreciate you uh, talking to us again. If you get a chance to look at his books, they've been in publication for a long time. It's called The Cry of the Kalahari, wonderful book, The Eye of the Elephant, and The Secrets of the, of the Savannah. And what he and his um, prior wife, Delia, pulled off is unbelievable. I mean, one of the reasons we still have a shot at saving the elephants right now is the heroism of these two people. It was is an unbelievable story. So Mark's a tough guy, but chronic pain took even him down, which I think is always sobering. Um, but it wasn't his toughness that pulled him out of his hole. It's actually letting go and just using the tools that he knew how to use. So you're not going to outrun chronic pain. You're not going to tough it out. And in fact, the tougher you are in a way, the worse the pain is. And so that's where as tough as Mark is, um, it actually works against you. So the key to chronic pain is learning what we call psychological flexibility. You learn to go with the flow. You learn to use your tools. You learn how to quote fail, learn how to pull yourself back up. And Mark's has been a really inspiring example to me about how this all comes together. So Mark, thanks for spending some time with us today. Really appreciate it. And- uh, You're you most know, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for giving me my life back. <laughs> no, you're welcome. You took your own life back by the way. I'm glad I could help out, but you know, it's up to you as you well know, but uh, nice work. Well, you gave me the tools. You gave me the tools. Thank you. You're welcome. I'd like to thank our guest, Mark Owens, for being on the program today and for sharing how the tools he learned from the DOC program helped him recover from chronic pain a second time. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.